During our celebration of Black History Month here at Behind the Filter, we want to highlight a few Black Americans that have paved the way for others. Dominique Dawes is notable as being the first African-American woman to win an individual Olympic medal in artistic gymnastics and the first Black person of any nationality or gender to win an Olympic gold medal in gymnastics. Gabby Douglas, another gymnast from the United States, became the first African-American and Black person of any other nationality to win the all-around title at the 2012 Summer Olympics. These two led the way for yet another Black American, Simone Biles, who is the most winning gymnast in the entire world. Simone has won multiple world championships and the 2016 Olympic gold medal in the all-around competition, becoming the second Black woman to ever do so from America. Welcome to Behind the Filter. I'm your host, Patrick Weaver, where I take you behind the scenes with some of your favorite bloggers, influencers, content creators, and you get to hear from them completely unfiltered. Alrighty, welcome back to Behind the Filter. I'm your host, Patrick Weaver. This week to kick off Black History Month, I am just letting you guys know up front what to expect for the rest of the month. This month, I am offering my platform over to really amazing Black women uh, who are all influencers and bloggers. I have paused all of my sponsored ads this month, and instead of profiting off the back uh, backs of these beautiful and amazing Black women, uh, I'll be providing you snippets about Black history instead. This, I think, is something extremely important that I can do as someone who is committed to anti-racism. It's not just a simple virtue signal on social media about posting a black square. I'm trying to take active steps in actually committing my platform to anti-racism. So I'm walking out my commitment to do that and trying to disrupt as much racism in this industry as possible. So this week, to kick it off, you guys know I had to bring on one of my favorite people in the entire world. She is loud. She is proud. <laughs> she is everything to me. I have the beautiful <laughs> Chelsea Olivia 13. Hey, girl. Oh, can I get a roll tide? Can <laughs> I get a roll tide? Oh, Lord. So, girl, we're going to be talking about some controversial stuff today, but nothing too crazy. I mean, not in courtroom 502, Miss Baba. <laughs> no, no, not in courtroom 502, honey. No, no, no. One of those little inside inside jokes me and me and Chelsea have for when we talk on the phone to each other while we work, you know, for like four hours every single day. <laughs> it's a little bit aggressive. It's a it started really during like the strict quarantining with COVID. We were both alone and mm-hmm. uh, we just were not well in the like mental space of being extroverts. Yeah, it was it was rough for us. So we would sit, uh, we would sit on the phone while we were both working, um, and and literally just talk about everything under the sun. We would uh, talk mm-hmm. about what food we were having. We were talking about uh, cute boys. We were talking about people's mm. posts and what people were doing. Wow, the make post. it through. Wow. Well, because that at that point, a lot of people were trying to figure out ways to like still stay connected. Um, Definitely. And, you know, especially with within our industry, but before we even get into all of that, I literally have to tell everyone how we met. So 
if you guys know anything about me or anything about Chelsea, we will literally talk to any strangers, period. Like I, I don't meet a stranger. I will start talking to the person that sit next to me at the hair salon. I'll talk to somebody that's sitting next to me at a bar if I'm sitting there having a drink or eating. I don't meet a stranger. So uh, Chelsea and I just started up a conversation one game day in Innisfree and honey, five years later, here we are now. <laughs> which pause, pause, pause. Everybody who didn't go to Alabama, which is most of y'all, but the University of Alabama, the one of the, the most prestigious universities <laughs> in the country, <laughs> um, obsessed, love Alabama. Um, Innisfree is a Irish pub located mm -hmm. in Tuscaloosa. It's like, if you ever visit Tuscaloosa, it, you watch a game there, go there, get the Irish gold. I know Patrick is a vegan now, so he know, cannot so have the Irish gold. Not Chicken tenders anymore, but, but I can. <laughs> anyway, that's where we met. We were watching a game there. Um, also, I think maybe it was before the game, like before we went into the game. Yeah, I think it was. And then I ended up like meeting up with you again that night. And honey, we closed down in a spree. So yeah, we did. Yes, we it was did. truly just a moment. And we have we've kept in touch ever since we our our friendships really progressed into now I like consider you as more as like a sister uh, than just a friend, you know, <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> um, but you have been in this blogging game for a long time, girl. I remember Ooh. when I first thought I was going to start it. I was like, Hey, uh, I think I'm going to do this. And you were like, please do it. And I still go to you. You're like my blog mother. Um, yes. like my fairy blog mother. I um, love that. Yeah, honestly. FBM, yeah. FBM, fairy blog the, mother, FBM. Yes, That's come cute. on with, come on with it, sis. So you started out on Tumblr. That yes. is how long you've been in this game. So I want you to just kind of explain how you got into this and how you have literally built this amazing community of, of really not followers. They're your friends. And yeah, they, it's so beautiful. Definitely. Yeah. So I, um, I actually like, yeah, I started on Tumblr, but I really started on MySpace back in the day, top six, yes. top eight, top 16. Um, I just loved posting photos of my everyday outfit. I would get so many questions about them. Like literally since I've been dressing myself, uh, classmates, teachers who had daughters, my age coaches who had daughters, any and everybody would always ask where I got something from, whether it was like in the gym, on the field, at the courts, wherever we were. Um, so I started sharing my outfits back MySpace days. Then we moved over to Tumblr. That's when like I started meeting other women and young girls um, slash teenagers that were doing the same thing that I was doing. Um, and that's kind of where the OOTD hashtag started on Tumblr. So then Instagram came out. And we all moved to Instagram and started posting our outfits every single day. Literally, like, I wish you could scroll back to the OOTD hashtag and see, like, you know, there's probably like <laughs> maybe 15 or 30 of us who were just like, there a lot of the OG girls who now have, you know, hit the million followers and all those things. We all like started at the same time. It was super cool. Um, definitely didn't consider myself a blogger back then. I just was sharing what I was wearing and I would share when I would find something that was sold out or when I would find something that was restocked or when I would find something that was on sale. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, it, it's literally been a part of my life, like just for as long as I can remember. Um, I got voted best dress in middle school and in high school. Um, oh, we did not on, have superlatives. Super, we did not have superlatives in elementary school, but if we did, I probably would have got it then too. Kidding. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Honestly, you probably would have. It's so funny. Maybe. Too, I think about like where I was like in middle school and high school fashion wise and even like into college I have no idea how to dress myself appropriately um my my style has evolved a lot I think a lot of it too has to do with us being friends like I just take a lot of inspo from you yes I Um, agree yes and you have helped kind of transform me into what I what I dress as now and I'm like literally I can't wait to have a boyfriend so I can do the same for him because I guarantee he's yes. dress himself. So yes, honey. I love too that you brought up, you know, you've been literally doing this since MySpace. Uh, there's probably some people that are listening to this that don't even know what a MySpace is, which is honestly disgusting and disturbing oh, that we're getting that old. Um, but I love too that you really have been in this game for so long and obviously it's Black History Month. And I want to know, you know, what is your experience as a Black influencer being, you know, been like? I know it's a lot different because I've had the conversations with you, but I really want everyone to understand the differences between, you know, even me who is gay, um, you know, I'm white and it's a different, uh, it, it's a different industry for me than it is for- thousand percent. Um, well, I know about a little bit more about that. And is it more difficult for you and other black influencers? Honestly, being a minority in envy industry is difficult. Um, it's just, it's just difficult. We have to work harder. Uh, if we rewind back to when I was in corporate America, I started out my career. I was a area director of sales and marketing for Marriott and Hilton. And I, you know, I had no idea. I did not realize if I had the same job as a white male, I would be getting paid less because I'm a female. And then I didn't realize I'd be getting paid even, even more less than, which that's not correct English, but I was, I was getting paid less than, (laughs) I was getting paid less than white women who had my same title when I had more experience Mm -hmm. than both the white man and the white woman in my industry. Right. So I had no idea until I got close with people who had my same title and we'd be at conferences or whatever we would be doing. And then I realized, I realized, I said, Oh, Oh my goodness. I'm not getting the same opportunities because I'm a black woman. And when I brought it to HR, they, you know, didn't really know what to say because I brought it up. Uh I mean, it's the it unwritten for for minorities and especially for women to not talk about it. Exactly. And they tell you, know, you to so, be quiet for a specific reason. It's because they don't want to answer the questions because no, they don't have a good it, answer. Exactly. So um, that 1000% trickled over into this industry. I hate that we are still where we are in 2021, but we are. Um, I had two dream brands I wanted to work with. Speaking of influencing. And I knew at the time, I want to say maybe I had 80,000 followers, anywhere between 50,000 to 80,000 followers. I knew both of these brands, which we will not name, paid (laughs) white influencers who had the same following as me and their engagement actually was not what my engagement was. So my engagement was better and we had the same following. 
Um, they told me they don't pay inf influencers and they don't have a budget. And I have never been, I don't think, more devastated. And y'all, this was in 2018. Yeah, like this wasn't that long ago. No, 2018, this happened again in 2019. Um, you know, I don't know why they thought I was, you know, living under a rock. I don't know why they didn't think me and my girlfriends talk. You know, we're open books, yep. um, especially behind closed doors. You know, many people, what they see on the outside, they have no idea that we're, a lot of us are actually very, very close. And we definitely talk. Um, now, once contracts are signed, you cannot talk numbers. But back then, it was very free-for-all. There weren't really contracts. We were all yeah. just trying to figure out up from down <laughs> in the industry. You know, it was kind of all over the place. We didn't know what was going on. The brands didn't know what was going on. But anyway, I'd never I, – I just – I was dumbfounded, honestly. I couldn't believe it. Um, but, yeah, so it is It is very different. Um, we are not treated the same. We are not treated equally. Um, they – hold us to a standard that is kind of almost unattainable. Some brands do. So, whereas they'll compare my sales to somebody who has a million followers. Um, Which doesn't, like, it doesn't even make any sense to do that. And I mean, one no. thing too that I know that we have talked about that I think is so important for people to know is that like, you don't get as many contracts as white influencers do that have the same following and same engagement. It's just harder. There's not as many opportunities and when you do get those opportunities, of course, we've we've touched on it. You're not getting the same amount of payment. You're not getting the same amount. Right. Of now, and I, I will say, to piggyback off of that, I am signed with DBA, the agency of all agencies. Um, and Literally, the creme de la creme, honey. I mean, the Maserati, the Ferrari, <laughs> the Bentley. I'm talking like creme the de la creme Martin. de la Yes, baby. All the things. All the things. Now... They, they got, they are everything and mm -hmm. they fight for me and it is so out of control and amazing. And I'm so, so blessed and so, so thankful for them. But pre DBA, no, I was yeah. not getting paid the same. Um, my opportunities were not the same, but then fast forward to last year with, um, huh, George Floyd and, um, the BLM movement and everything that we walked through last year that we are currently still walking through and that black Americans have always been walking through, um, more opportunities started to come. Oh yeah. My way. Uh, <laughs> Which is shockingly, like, it's like, is shockingly. That weird? I'm like, is that weird? <laughs> now they want to work with black bloggers because they realize, Oh my gosh, all of my influencers look exactly the same, which same. have a brand that's fine. But when you lose your shoppers that look like me, and are, look like Asian women and look and are Hispanic. And, you know, if you are not seeing what you look like reflected in that brand slash on that brand's page, you are not going to buy from them. That is like period ABCs of marketing. You know, mm -hmm. that is why commercials have every and any ethnicity in them, every age. Because if there's a commercial with all 12 year olds, someone who's 30 is not going to want to have the gushers that the 12 year olds are eating. Nope. Nope. And you know, and this is something too, that I think is great for, especially the two of us as we've worked in sales and marketing in, you know, corporate America. So we know what that other side is like of yeah. the industry. So we kind of get to, we see things through different lenses than just the average consumer or just someone that is an influencer who's never worked in, you know, professionally in marketing before. Now, I don't think there's that many of them that, you know, don't have some type of background in that, but 
I want to go ahead because you brought it up. Uh, we're talking about the BLM movement. Um, this was something where you really started to see a lot of influencers really start to talk about race on their platform and racism. One thousand percent. What? And and I mean, I, I'm shocked that it took all of that really to wake up, you know, uh, uh, Americans and to wake up specifically people that are consumers of our content. Um, what was, I mean, I know what that was like to watch you walk through and it was heartbreaking and it broke me every day. And it was, you know, there were some days where you and I just were not okay because of the things yeah. that we would see and the things that certain followers would say. And, and, you know, it's hard to talk about something like that because it is so traumatic and triggering, but I really yeah. want to, I mean, even though we've kind of seen a shift there and I want to touch on it, I want to ask you a very straight up question that I've, I want to ask every single influencer that's coming on this month. Do you believe that there is a prevalent problem with racism in our industry? It's not just in our industry, it's in our country. It's woven in our country. Um, and it's covert versus overt. It's, mm -hmm. it's systemic. It's, you know, you don't realize that it's, it's woven in our country. Yep. Most individuals that don't look like me don't even know that they've said racist things to me and they don't think they have racism mm -hmm. in their heart. You know, when, when I'm being told by, you know, most of my friends that, oh, you're not, you know, you're not really black and, oh, you're not like them. And, oh, Chelsea, but I mean, you, and, what? That means that you yeah. have an image of, and a thought of how black women and black Americans are and should be. Yeah. It's, Which, it's an inherent, it's an, it's, it's a bias. And sometimes, you know, we don't quite realize that the biases are there. Um, and I think too, I mean, I have even like, I've jumped down people's throats when they've been like, Chelsea is so pretty for a black girl. It's like, no, Chelsea's not pretty for a black girl. Chelsea's beautiful and pretty as a woman, period, period yeah. in the story. But yeah. it's things like that, that really, like I didn't realize how hurtful they were until a lot of this happened. And, you know, I'm a minority myself, but I'm also very privileged because I'm a white person and I'm also a white influencer. 100%. And so whenever you started to see a lot of these, you know, influencers start to talk about this, what were the thoughts that were going through your head? What were people coming to you and asking questions on? You know, what was it like watching other influencers finally talk about things that you've had to deal with your entire life? Um, you know, I have, I have a ton of highlights on uh, my Instagram. Um, they're all, they're all wonderful they're, too. They're, Everybody needs to watch them. They need to be literally you. like written into the, uh, <laughs> they need to be written into exactly like the curriculum in, in schools. I swear, because you're so eloquent in the way that you word things is just so phenomenal, but yeah. Thank I'll you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll let you keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, Patrick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, it's definitely, um, I have to give all the credit to the Lord and the Holy Spirit because had I been operating out of anger or frustration, that eloquent, I don't know, the words would not have come out as nicely as they did. Um, but I, I, I definitely touched on all, all everything on my highlights. They're titled justice Q and a, they all are like bundled together um, from this summer, but I mean, it needed to happen. Um, mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for what a lot of Americans learned. It was heartbreaking f for me to, um, end some relationships 
which, you know, relationships come and go, you know, different seasons, yeah. reasons, some for lifetimes. Um, so, you know, I think I was just really thankful that individuals who felt like what was happening was not, was unjust that they spoke up about it. Yeah. And that's something too. There were a lot of influencers and some that, you know, we, both of us considered to be, you know, friends of ours, or at least friends within this industry um, who chose not to say anything back then. And now seeing things with the insurrection at our Capitol, um, watching things being said about COVID-19 and, uh, you know, about a lot of different things that have happened over the course of 2020 and now into 2021, a lot of them have not said anything. And if you could give like, you know, if you could say anything to those influencers who have stayed quiet, what, what would you say? They're staying quiet for a reason. If you watched what happened um, at the Capitol, this will be coming out in February, but you know, right now this yeah. was last Wednesday. Um, and you, you yourself did not feel like there was anything wrong with that. You don't want to learn. You, you want, you want to stay in your privilege. Mm -hmm. You want, you don't think that there's white privilege. You don't think there was anything wrong with that. You don't see the difference in us, you know, being murdered during peaceful BLM protests versus white Americans. <laughs> doing what they did last Wednesday and 52 being arrested for breaking curfew. Yep. I mean, and, and that's I one mean, thing it, too. It's like it, it, it showed back then during the summer and, and what we all were walking through as Americans, but also as human beings. If you, if you didn't feel the need to say something after you watched a man be murdered in the middle of broad daylight on camera by a police officer and three other police officers, if that didn't stir you to say anything, then I don't think that these people actually care. They well, just they want don't. to make their money and they want to do another swipe up and they're just going to keep it moving because mm -hmm. they're not black. So it doesn't, it doesn't pertain to them. Nope, it doesn't. And one of the quotes that I said back this summer um, I was talking about how most white Americans care more about their dogs and animals than they do what goes on in black America. And I said this quote, and it, it convicted a lot, a lot of women and men, anybody who was listening to my stories. Um, I said, if George Floyd had been a dog, every influencer would have posted about it that day. 110%. No matter what, no yeah. matter what. And it, and I think too, it's, it's one of those things too, where it's like, it, it wasn't also just the people that were in our industries, but seeing a lack of what, you know, or seeing what brands were saying or the lack thereof um, was also very telling for me. Thankfully, every brand that I have worked with released some kind of statement um, yeah. and committed to doing something. Now, you know, it's arguable whether or not they've actually stuck to that, but you know, that was one thing too, where, you know, did you have to kind of deal with anything in that regard of, you know, were there brands that you really loved and worked with who maybe, maybe decided to stay quiet too? I was very, very, very pleased with the brands that were speaking out right away. Um, I was just super thankful. Now I will say it was funny to me having so many influencers make excuses but we're a business just like Nike and just like Nordstrom. Mm -hmm. And this is what we do for our job. So just like we want Nike and Nordstrom and any other brand that we or store that we shop at to support 
the movement, it's the same thing because we're a business. So yeah. now the individuals that don't run businesses, okay, do, do what you please. But if you are running any type of business, yes, it was wrong for you to not have anything to say because BLM had nothing to do with politics. And so many people were trying to say, I don't talk politics. This is so political, but it, it wasn't mm -hmm. political at all. And that's one thing too. You're not political on your no, social I've media. Never, I've actually never talked politics ever ever, not once, never, ever, ever once. And, never. I, and I think too, that's one of the things that I, I like is that you have the ability to talk to a wide variety of people because you're not going out there and speaking your personal political opinions. You're speaking your personal life story and exactly what has happened to you, exactly, exactly. who you are and what your lived experiences are. And I mean, there have been times where I've been on the phone with you and I've heard horrific yep. things said to you. I have seen and heard horrific things that have been done to you. And it yep. angered me to the point that I couldn't even focus anymore on what I had to get done that day because I was, I, it wasn't just hearing it. I, you know, from you, it was hearing it from myself. Yes. And I think that yes. was the moment where I was like, I don't care what it is that people have to say in regards to all of this. I don't care if people tell me they're not coming here for the news. They're not coming here for my personal opinions. This is my business that I'm running and I'm going to run it yep. how I want to. And when I hear something like that, like the N word being screamed at you by a white man at a car dealership and calling yep. you a bunch of other really disgusting things, yep. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, you know what? I don't care anymore. And it's, I really thought that we would have been at that point after George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery nope. and Breonna Taylor, but apparently it's just, we're still not there. Um, but we won't, you know, we won't be there. We won't be there for generations. We won't yeah, be there until, no, no, I, I don't, I don't know how long it's going to take. I, I, I do think four to five generations because the thing is it trickles down from the top. So as yep. long as the parents who, you know, still support Robert E. Lee and everything that he did, or they believe that he was standing for or whatever with the Confederacy and all of those things, as long as those husbands and grandparents and fathers are alive, and then they teach their kids those things, and then those kids join the fraternities and join the sororities where all mm -hmm. of where all of these things are discussed and you learn and you have to memorize and it's what they were founded on mm -hmm. as long as those individuals and the founding fathers of the sororities and fraternities and you know all of those things as long as those things are still super prevalent in our country it will 1000 percent still be here and there's so many people who are our age who are not woke as we say <laughs> after last woke. summer <laughs> and after wednesday that i'm like yeah no we, we did learn a lot, but we have a long way to go. And some people are stuck in their ways and they don't want to learn. They yep. love being racist and they, <laughs> they <laughs> want, you know, black Americans to say suppressed and, and, and they want to be superior and that's on them. Period. And I'm like, I'm like, don't come over here. I want nothing to do with you. I don't want yeah. anything to do with you. And I think too, it's one of those things where I just won't tolerate that out of anyone that I'm friends with. 
Like, I'm not going to tolerate it. I don't want that energy in my life. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not friends. I'm not friends with them. Yeah, no, I'm no, not. No, 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 yeah, no. a lot of those people, you know, you and I have both kind of cut out of our life. And I mean, it's it's honestly, you would think that like, oh, as a white person, me, that it would be hard for me to let those friendships go. But I'm like, absolutely not. Like, if you don't get it now, you're never going to get it. And or you don't want to get it. It's not. Yeah, or I you feel simply like just you don't choosing. care enough. Yep. Yeah. You were choosing you were, cho- and that's do that and do that in your lane with, mm-hmm. with the people who are like-minded to you because you do not need to be over here. Say, out of my you, DM. you ain't going to do it in here. Not today. Mm-hmm. Not in courtroom 502. 502. Not today. Not Period. any day. Goodbye. <laughs> you cancel. Goodbye. And I think too, it's actually been quite, and I mean, I know that, you know, you and I spoke in private a lot about some of these people who decided not to say anything and you were just we could just literally sit there and watch their following plummet and you know and it's like you asked for this they asked for that to happen and well it's a very simple thing could have been done to fix it but they still chose their pride and their racism over doing what was right even for the sake of saving their own businesses well, the thing is, it, it's just white privilege at its finest. And because you all are not judged everywhere you walk into, mm-hmm. you don't understand what it's like growing up black. Yep. You know, you, like most of y'all, your parents never had to tell you how to act when you get pulled over and how to speak to a police officer. Not that we were going to be rude, but I mean, I've gotten pulled over. Um, and I did not break the law. I was not speeding. Nothing happened. I was putting handcuffs because I was a black woman driving a nice car and they thought I was, mm-hmm. you know, taking drugs from Louisiana to another state line. <laughs> Which is just and like, I, what? And, I, what? <laughs> and so I'm crying and I mean, the officer still felt the need to put me in handcuffs and I mean, had me on the side of the car searching my car and it was a company mm-hmm. car from work. It wasn't even my car. Yeah. I mean, and it's I just, just started a new job. It was, I mean, I, every single time I get pulled over, I cry. Because it's, it's traumatic and it's terrifying. Well, and you just it's, never know one wrong blink. You know, and if it's one a racist wrong, cop, blow mm-hmm. my brains out, you know, and it's, and that's no, that's not everybody, but it's just, you know, I'm know almost like, that thank, is. exactly. I almost thank God every time when I get pulled over and it's a black cop. Yep. And I mean, too, uh, you've discussed this on on your stories over the summer. I mean, you were a victim of a hate crime. Someone vandalized your car and after you had done all this stuff and it was quite literally the the people that were sent there were all white cops except for one. And that one was the one that said this was a hate crime, period, end of story. And those white cops, I remember you being like, Patrick, they were shocked that they were seeing something like this happen. And they they were speechless. And so this isn't something that happened years ago. This isn't something that ended with Last George summer. Floyd. It literally happened June. this first, summer to the you. First weekend, the first weekend of June. And um, they left the cinder block there. It was done right in front of a camera. I mean, they wanted, mm-hmm. they wanted me to know who it was. Yeah, period. And... Uh, so, you know, people do need to to understand that like hate crimes are still happening and uh, racial intimidation is still happening. And I think it's very, very important what you have done and what you're continuing to do with your platform. And of course, it's not always easy. You know, I see some of the things that 
you know, people send to you and some of the crazy things that people will say to you and, you know, and then act as if, you know, oh, when they get put on blast and they're called out for it, suddenly you're the well, one that's in the wrong. And, you know, and yesterday my little brother is um, starting his fellowship in pharmacy. He's almost a pharmacist. And just yesterday he was told he sounded like a white man. And it's like that in academia. <laughs> It's like, that's and where he, this stuff isn't he, supposed to exist. And he, he texted me and he said, this is never ending. And I said, you know, CJ, it's so crazy because we speak eloquently. We sound white. Or just well-spoken. Yeah. And my brother and my brother responded. He said, why can't I just be me? Why can't people just accept me for who I am? Why does it have to be I'm compared to a white man every day? Because yeah. I'm educated and I speak well. And as if there's not enough comparison that already exists in the influencer industry, you're still being compared to a white woman because, not because you're an influencer, but because you're a black influencer. And I think that that's one of the things, is that probably the most difficult part of being a black influencer is the being constantly compared to other white influencers? No, because I'm not worried about what people are saying and being compared to anybody. Um, I just want equality. I want to get paid the same as somebody who has my same following. Um, you know, the comparison game, it is what it is. Uh, and that's yeah. on other individuals. Like, I'm not letting what they think be projected onto me. Um, but yeah, it would. It, now, thanks to DBA, I am getting, I, I am now getting paid the same as girls who have my same engagement and my same following. But that is because they are the creme de la creme, the cream of the crop. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. no brand is going to argue with them <laughs> about a rate because they know it. Period. <laughs> yes. Period. Period. So um, I want to transition into uh, some funner topics. So I want to know, like, what is your favorite part about being an influencer? Like, what about your job is your favorite thing? Like my, I, for me, is like, I love my followers. I love them. Yeah, I um, call them my friends. So I love all of my friends. And um, I just love being able to connect and pray and worship and um, just, just do what you do as a girlfriend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Giggle and laugh and, um, you know, cry. And it's just the community. Um quality time is one of my love languages. So it's mm -hmm. the quality time that I get to spend with people from all walks of life, all across the world who I would have never had the pleasure of meeting slash doing life with if it would, hadn't been for Instagram. Yeah. And as I think too, it's so important that like you and I both view our followers as friends, but also as a community. It's, it's a place where like, it's not just for them to connect with us. It's a place for them to connect with each other. And oh. you think about a community, it's a place that you feel support, that you feel encouraged, that you feel loved, that you feel valued and respected. And that's what I've always wanted to create um, was that type of community. And I think that you're one of those influencers that has been able to do it so well. Um, Thank I mean, you, I, I, I mean, it's one of the things that I, I admire the most about you in this industry and also you as a person, because you as a person built that. And I mean, I tell you all the time, like I love seeing when 
a follower comes up to you in public and they're like, oh my God, Chelsea. And they freak out and they're like crying and they're hysterical. And then, you know, they post with you. I, I, it's literally one of the sweetest things. And it brings me so much joy to see that you've brought so many other people joy because I know you do the same for me in my life. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just, I'm just authentically just being myself every day. And that's why it's just so cool to be able to connect with women. Um, like across the world from every walks, every and any walk of life. Period. Period. So um, what I want to know too, like what is one thing that you think that like our followers would be shocked to find out about our jobs and like our work life? One thing that I always surprises people when they ask me stuff, I'm like, I, there's never a moment that I'm not working. <laughs> like I'm quite literally always working. Um, you know, but what's something that you think that like our followers would be surprised to know about what goes on behind the scenes, um, away from Instagram? We all do a lot of administration work, administrative work. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that are not pretty. Um, I know it, it doesn't seem like we're business owners, but we are all <laughs> business owners. So anything that goes into owning a brick and mortar we all do behind the scenes, plus show yeah. up for y'all every day, plus added on top of that, take photos. And most of us take our own photos. And, you know, some of us have some team members that help us out to get things done. Because if you think about it, any business, it takes more than one person to run it. Mm -hmm. And most of us are all running this by ourselves. Yep. I always love telling people too, when they're like, you know, so like, your job can't be that hard. I'm like, I'm filing, like I'm, I'm filing taxes too. Like people are shocked to know that like we have to file business taxes and well, that's I mean, way, we, way more difficult than filing your own personal taxes. Let me tell you. Yeah. We, you know, we are an accountant. We are HR. We are public mm -hmm. relations. We're communications. We're creative directors. We're photographers. We are um, ghostwriters. We are producers. We are business owners. We're managers. We're CEOs. We, and the list goes on and on. We're designers. On and on and on you know? and on and on. I mean, it's, we literally wear so many hats. It's like, I don't even know. I actually don't know how we do it. I, I don't know. You kind of have we... to be crazy to want to do this uh, period. That's the only thing I can think of. I don't know. It's wild. <laughs> it's yeah it's it's not for the faint of heart um I will say that and and own that a million times I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I started this and uh, it progressively the the more you grow the more difficult it, it can get to well and I will say own. to many influencers well, I didn't start this to make any money I recently yeah. just started making money I mean I went full-time two years ago um I was doing this for free because I loved it it was a hobby I loved yep. it. It was a passion and it is a passion and it, I am so thankful and I thank the Lord every day. And I'm so blessed that I get to love what I do every day. Um, still doesn't mean it's super easy, but also I did not start this to make money. Yeah. And that's one thing too, that, um, if I had to give like any piece of advice to anyone that's starting out, be prepared to make no money for the first year, year and a half, even two years, I didn't start making money until over the summer and I well, yeah, and I would say, and I, and I would definitely say at least three, like three. Yeah. any business you start, it takes three to five years to make a profit. Like even yeah. if you're making a penny or whatever, you put it back in your business, it takes three to five years to see, yeah. um, you know, yep. 
hundred percent, hundred percent. I like to think of myself as one of those people that's on Shark Tank, like pitching myself, and I'm like, this is this is who I am as a business owner. Um, so love Shark Tank. Love Shark Tank. Um, let's play a little rapid fire questions game. But before we get to that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. In honor of Black History Month, Behind the Filter celebrates Maya Angelou. Maya was an American poet and a civil rights activist. And yes, of course, a phenomenal woman. She published seven autobiographies, three books of essays, several books of poetry, and she's credited with a list of plays, movies, and television shows spanning over 50 years. Maya received dozens of awards and more than 50 honorary degrees. Alrighty, so let's go ahead and dive into some rapid fire questions, which also oh, you, you made these kind of popular. Honestly, you started a trend, Miss Mama. Well, um, definitely didn't start it. Got, definitely <laughs> did not start it. Definitely got it from Whitney. She's the first person I ever saw do it. Oh, um, that is true. I forgot she yes. had done these. Yes. yes. I, I, I saw Whitney do do and I said oh my god I'm obsessed with that oh sorry I did not mean to say the lord's name in vain I was like oh my word I <laughs> oh love my this. word uh, I think oh my god I'm coughing that's not COVID y'all I'm so sorry I just took a little sip of water um I was like I need to do this and maybe we'll bring it back bring it honestly back. I loved it it was so entertaining because you got to see so much of your personality in it and I just I loved <laughs> I filmed one of yours when you were here in Nashville and I was like wait yes. this is so fun this is it's so fun. So fun. <laughs> I may make the girls film it this weekend. Yeah. I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. My first post of 2021. Wrap this by your questions. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I, I have only posted once this year. I've just kind of been not a, not well. Um, so mm, I've posted zero times this whole year. So I've been doing very well. Things are going well for me. <laughs> Things are going quite well in America, in case you haven't, you know, seen on, on the news. So <laughs> Huh. All right. Well, I'll ask you these questions and then, you know, normally I'd give you like five to 10 seconds to answer, but like, honestly, just take as much time as you need. Um, in well, honor I'm of, rapid fire, so it's fine. No, we yeah. Okay. Fire. Okay. Five, five to 10 seconds then. So in honor of black history month, who is your favorite influential black American? Oprah win free period. Poo. End of story. My period. gosh, she paved the way. That is it. That is all. She really did. She really did. And I, I just, I, I love her. I love her. Literally. Love her. And that's I what I, I, one of my goals, like my biggest goal in life is to like not be the next Oprah. Like I want to be Chelsea, Olivia or Coco, whatever that looks like. But the legacy that she has left and the, the impact that she has made on so many individuals lives. I just would love to do an inkling of, of, of what she has done for me yes. and for others. I love it. I, I consider you like my own Oprah. So um, love you and, that you and, crying. Yes. <laughs> um, if you could eat one meal for the rest of your life, what what are you eating? Huh, Caesar salad's really my favorite ever, 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 but Chipotle because you can do so many different things with it. Like I mean, I could have a taco, a salad, a bowl, a burrito, all the things. A burrito, Miss Baba. Oh, a burrito sounds a burrito sounds fire right now. Um, yum, 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 yum. It's let's like go, about, go. it's dinner time. So I'm like getting a little hungry. Uh, I know, one, like, beauty, rapido, rapido. <laughs> one beauty product you can never live without. Well, that would be my eyelashes before I got lash extensions. 
So, oh my God, this isn't going that fast. Maybe my lips, lip gloss. Ooh, see, I thought you were going to go with, I thought you were going to go with your hair. That's not a beauty that, product. Well, like, I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. Oh yeah, um, no, but that's like hair extensions is not like a beauty product. Okay. Well, I consider <laughs> my hair a beauty expense. So <laughs> Chelsea and I are both rocking a fake hair. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, I mean, it's definitely, mm, yeah. Mm. Uh, okay. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, if I had to go like beauty, beauty product, like mine would be concealer. Like I'll just never live without it ever, ever, mm. ever, ever, ever. It's like my one That's true love one. In, in makeup is, is that, or moisturizer. Moisturizer is another one. It's the one thing I will say. See, but I don't consider there. moisturizer beauty. I consider that skincare. Uh, see, I kind of put skincare and like beauty and, uh, and like, an, it's kind of all encompassing because it makes see, me beautiful to take care of my skin. I, I agree, but I definitely, I definitely couple moisturizer under skincare, not beauty. Beauty, I consider okay. all makeup and topicals, not, not products you put on, you know, to better your skin. Cause makeup kind of doesn't make your, it makes you look better. It's makeup makes you up skincare, you know, actually nourishes your skin. You know what I mean? Yes, that is okay. <laughs> I'll get, okay. I'll give you that one. Come on. Come on. Lawyer Chelsea over here arguing her case before the jury. <laughs> I'm like, no argument, but also I'm like, mm, skincare ain't beauty, but they're all beautiful <laughs> and great things. We all need it, honey. And if you are, you know, over 25, you need to be using a retinol every day, honey. Yeah, I, I literally swear by a retinol every day. Mm. And every a face day. oil at night. Mm. And, and a face oil and an SPF. And Ooh, SPF. SPF every day, honey. Every day, every day, every all day, day, every day. day. Uh, <laughs> this is literally what our phone conversations sound like, by the way, just to oh all of you that are listening. God. This is quite literally what our phone Drop conversations are like. Dropping, give me a <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Um, your favorite fast food restaurant. Whoa, what the? Oh, okay, does Chipotle count as fast food? Chipotle, Chipotle. No. Ooh. Yeah. That's it. Honestly, yeah, I don't eat, I don't eat, I don't eat Chick-fil-A anymore. I don't eat, you know, I'm vegan, but I think still to this day, I would say Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, I'm so sorry to the gay community. I'm really not, not doing, doing you right. Oh. But I'm, I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna eat my Jesus chicken and praise the Holy Spirit. Or I used to. Well, also, anymore. wait a minute. French fries are vegan. Patrick. French fries are vegan. Yes, they are. Miss Chelsea's doing her little vegan almost. Uh, she's well, doing a diet vegan. Fast. I'm like, Yep. You know, I can't have French fries right now because, like, they're fried. I can bake them, but like, mm -hmm. you can have French fries. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh honey, I know. Trust me, I've had to learn how to eat out. So yeah, when I'm going difficult. to dinner with people, it's very hard, Miss Baba. So, mm -hmm. uh, your favorite sports teams? Oh, E A G L E S Eagles. I'm a huge NFL fan. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, so the Eagles are my NFL team, and then. Roll tight, Alabama Natty Champs. Let's go. Mm, 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 mm. Just won that Natty Wood, that bootay. <laughs> Number eighteen, uh, though. <laughs> literally, though, and I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited to see where the boys land in the NFL draft. Like, I'm just so excited. I'm like, no matter what, like, it's like I'm a, I'm a Tua fan. So, like, of course, whenever the Dolphins were playing, I was like, well, I have to root for Tua. And the same yeah. with Jalen and the Eagles. Oh, my Jalen. And see, and then like I have Derrick Henry here at the Titans. So I mean, I'm I would love to see. I don't care where Mac ends up. I don't care where you know Waddle ends up. I don't care where Devontae ends up. Like I'm going to cheer them on no matter what. 
no matter Duh. who they who, no matter who they are so they brought um, home the trophy honey did that honey they did that they didn't just bring mm. it home honey they whooped some booty so it was mm, it was phenomenal very nice game see. it was so beautiful Ugh. oh it's just wonderful i just love seeing you know a big 10 school that thinks they're relevant play a powerhouse sec team and then realize what college football is actually like period yeah um, uh, your celebrity crush. Oh my God. Okay. So uh, Michael B. Jordan, Channing mm-hmm. Tatum, um, you know, Zach Ertz on the Eagles. He is married. Thou shall not covet their neighbor's wife, but that is a husband. That is a man. But I'm just saying that man has got it going on. Um, he does. He really does though. Uh, and then honestly, oh my gosh, I can't think of his name, but he plays um, April's husband on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't... Are you talking about Jackson Avery? Jackson Avery, yes. Ooh, that is yes, a that fine is actually... God, what is Ooh. his name in real life? It's going to I don't know what his that. name in, in real life is, but Jackson Avery. Jackson Avery Ooh. is a southern Mac. Um, Bailey, Bailey's husband. He's very handsome too, yes. whatever his name is. In they, middle life and on the show. Mm. All the husbands on Grey's Anatomy are, are pretty much. Holy, yeah. Can we talk about McDreamy? Oh my God. And McDreamy. Mm. Oh, okay. Actually, pretty much almost any man that was ever on Grey's Anatomy. I'm just like, thank you, next. Give me a doctor that looked like that. Kidding, kidding. Period. Period. I just want a doctor. Just somebody who fears the Lord. Yes. So if you're <laughs> a single straight man that loves Jesus and has a good sense of fashion, Slide into the DMs well, we can we can we can hook up the fashion. They don't even have to have that. <laughs> <laughs> nope, 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 nope. <laughs> That's not a requirement. <laughs> okay, well, uh, other than that, slide of the DMs because she's single. Um, like, oh my god, I was I was Patrick actually knows every time I am dating somebody, I keep that very private. Um, oh, yeah. ooh, I guess that's one mm-hmm. thing I know we're kind of going back to the questions you asked before, but um. I keep my per- personal life very private, even though I am an open book. So like yeah. I did recently have a boyfriend and I thought he was the one and I was so excited. I could not wait to introduce y'all to him. And, um, you know, then sometimes things just don't go the way you say. <laughs> like <laughs> what happened was a wah, 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 wah. Wah, wah, wah. but it's fine because it, he wasn't for me and he will be a great husband to who he's supposed to be with exactly. he just wasn't mine so it's fine you know what I mean? but so i do keep that very private so i did have a boyfriend and now i'm single again. single <laughs> pringle <laughs> yeah yeah okay, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Single ready to make yes with a, with a mask on because COVID. Um, Ooh, coronavirus, it is coronavirus. It's the coronavirus. <laughs> Honestly, I need to find Chelsea. I need to find the stories of me and you when uh when you were in Nashville. It's like right at the beginning of COVID. Like we weren't shut down yet. We also weren't even required to wear masks yet. We didn't really know what it was the heck right was when I got back on. from Mexico. <laughs> yes. And so they hadn't shut anything down, but you were here in Nashville and we ended up going to lunch and like we had a little day. Um, but we found out that Tom Hanks had gotten COVID. 
But that day, I have never laughed so hard because we were also people did not find it very amusing that we were kind of making light of it. But now you kind of just have to laugh at Ah, well it wasn't that we were making light of COVID because I have lost three family members so my heart goes out to any of y'all who have lost a loved one a friend a family member um Mm -hmm. a close anybody to this disease Patrick has had COVID I think I was like patient zero when I got back from Paris (laughs) and was sick for 10 weeks I was in the hospital and had all the medicines and everything and nobody knew how to treat me and everything I was being a hypochondriac and I was seeing all these specialists but really I had coronavirus and they were making it worse by the medicine they were giving me I'm convinced that you had it back then. And I mean, like I've had it. And then like, even this week, my family knows at least like three or four people who've died from it within our hometown. So yes, it, yeah. it, we definitely weren't, definitely weren't making fun of it. This was before we knew anything we about knew it. How we bad did not it know anything yeah. about it. It was before we were shut down. Yep. <laughs> but it was quick. But yeah, you, I have videos of you singing happy birthday and twinkle, twinkle little star while you're washing your hands um yes we were- <laughs> well because i was so shook the reason why it even came up was because i was so shook when i was in public bathrooms why people weren't mm-hmm. washing their hands and people were just leaving i was like do you want to get the coronavirus the coronavirus Coronavirus. Uh, period no because that girl in Bartaco did not wash her hands and you were shook the house nope it was not it. it no mm-hmm. <gasps> not it. oh my gosh do you remember y'all prime example of um something that happened to me when we were on this trip a man walked up to me and was like are you Nikki Minaj and I'm looking at this man like oh my no, god Nikki Minja Nikki Minja Min- so yeah. pretty much what happened was this man had never been attracted to a black woman before he was very old probably in his 70s 80s I don't even know he'd never he seen so a black old. woman who he was attracted to until he saw Nikki Minja Y'all, can y'all even guess and think of who Nikki Minja is? So I, Patrick and I are looking at each other like, who is Nikki Minja? Oh my God, he walked away. I said, Nikki Minaj. And that is just a prime example of <laughs> what happens when sometimes you meet a stranger and they're trying to say you're beautiful for being a black woman. And then they say you look just like this other black woman who's famous, who they've seen, because that's the only black woman they've ever saw that they thought was pretty. And y'all, I don't I'm look, not- now Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj is a baddie, shawty a little baddie. Yeah, she, she is. <laughs> but I look nothing like her. I'm trying not to like, I'm over here like tearing up right now. <laughs> I look y'all, she's nothing not, like her. Kelsey's not even exaggerating. Like we're literally sitting there. This man also is carrying an oxygen tank and he is like on a cane. And he came over and just straight up asked if he was like, are you famous? And no, Chelsea no, he said, like, are you an entertainer? No, he said, that's what it was. You said, are you an entertainer? And I Chelsea said, was what? like, what? I, I was like, well, she's a blogger. And Chelsea was like, yeah, I'm a blogger. And he goes, no, you're that, you're that entertainer. Nikki Minja. He said, he said, wait, what's your name? What's your name? Nikki, Nikki, Nikki Minja. And I was like, uh. And I was so confused at first. And as soon as he walked away, you and I both looked at each other and it just clicked. And you and I were hollering, hollering, do not deal. Also, we had a very good discussion about this while we were sitting at Bar Taco that day. Why is it that all Bar Taco wait staff are all very attractive? Wow. It does not matter. The plug. I don't know who does their hiring, but wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. wow, wow. Straight and you know, not straight. They are look freaking great. 
Oh, that rhymed a little bit. That did rhyme. Wow. Proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back for just a couple more rapid fire questions. Alrighty. We are back. Just a couple more of these. Um, I want to know, like, what's the best advice you ever got? Mm -hmm. I, wow. That, you know, (laughs) after 2020, God is in control. There you go. (laughs) Boom. He will make a way out of no way. Come on. You can't, he can. You know, the the tomb is empty. (laughs) Won't he do it? You know, you can't do it. He will. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, yeah. And we just gonna leave that at that because who baby, who we baby I swear to God, this is literally what our phone calls are like. <laughs> oh my gosh. Drop it. Yeah, drop it. Oh, oh, here's one too that I want to know. What's your favorite photo that's currently on your on your feed, on your grid? Oh, Lord, you know I didn't post all year. I ain't not post one time this year and I barely no. last year. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay, favorite Instagram ever. Um, the photo I took in front of the Eiffel Tower. Shout out, Sweet Tooth Maddie. She took that. Um, oh, I did like that when one. When we were in Paris, when I was uh, Paris Croissant, which I, I was going to say, you're still... She's y'all. I'm not kidding you. When Chelsea got back from Paris, <laughs> every morning she would call and she'd be like, "You know, I just really want like a good croissant." Like, and I would be like, "Oh, okay." It, it, I'm not like it was every morning, and some morning she would be like at Starbucks and she'd be like, "I would like a, a chocolate croissant." I'd be like, "It's croissant. Starbucks. It's Starbucks, I just girl." Had to get you had a problem and an addiction with the croissants. And very much, I, like, I very much, very girl. much I did. And then, um, um, so yeah, so that's my favorite. I think my favorite Instagram photo of like all time, I think. And then um, my current favorite, I've not posted once this year, but it's the one, it's like, this. it's the one of me sitting, um, there's creeping fig all over the stairs and I have on my Eagles jersey Ooh, and it's my Jalen yes. jersey, and that that photo is just super special to me because that um, jersey was sent to me by the Philadelphia Eagles, which that was that is a dream club of mine. So that my guy cried when I got that package. I cried when I got the email. Um, yep. And the fact that Jalen started his football career, his collegiate football career at Bama, then he transferred, and his number at in at, for his first ever NFL team was his number from Alabama too. Yes. So that photo just, you know, and he got to start four games this year. So like that picture just, oh, I just love it. <laughs> yes. I, I also love that one. Cause that was just like, I, I told you like the sass was there and I was here for it. So. And I took um, that photo myself with my clicker. So we're come on tripod here. photos. Come on tripod. Clicker tried, a clicker. A clicker try moment, clicky try. Yes, you except your your tripod's a little janky. <laughs> no, I got a new one. Mm-mm. Oh, thank you. Praise one. the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, that honestly, the tripod was a game changer during quarantine for for those of us that still had to shoot content. The mm-hmm. tripod was a, it was a moment. It was a full moment. 
I'm very so, thankful for learning about what a tripod was because I always used to have to coerce people to take my photos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now that's dead and gone. Dead and gone. Yeah. Oh. Um. Well, go ahead and obviously like. I, I say like plug yourself, but go ahead and like put out your blog because people need to go and actually look at your blog because you have so much fun stuff on there. Um, and it's not like your Instagram handle, but go ahead and plug that and your Instagram and also whatever other social media platter, uh, social media platforms you want people to follow you on. Okay, so I, hey y'all, <laughs> if you got to this point in the podcast, you already know who this is, who this be, but Chelsea Olivia 13 is my Instagram my blog loco petite um and then i am also on tiktok which mm, took a break from tiktok after everything that happened with blm mm-hmm. i just had to i just had to take a pause moment um when i just really had to soul search and 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 get closer with the lord and just like make sure my mental health was good um but my yeah. tiktok is chelsea olivia 136 chelsea olivia 13 was taken mm. who did that <laughs> I don't know who did, but it's not it. Mm-mm. You need to email TikTok corporate and get that back. Um, I mean, one three six is cute. It's like a cute moment. It is a cute moment. It really is. A, um, cute. And I'll have all of that uh, plugged in the uh, also written out in the description box below, so you can all just like quickly access all that information. Um, but thank you for coming on, especially uh, you know, and being a part of Black History Month here at Behind the Filter. Um, I couldn't think of anybody else better than you to kick off Black History Month with me. Um, and we will be celebrating Black History Month on this podcast for the next four weeks. So. Make sure you have already subscribed on Apple Podcasts. You follow us on Spotify. You can also find us at anchor.fm slash behind the filter podcast. And you can also find uh, wherever you listen to it. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts uh, there as well. Make sure you follow the podcast Instagram at behind the filter pod. And I will see you back next week for another look behind the filter Black History Month edition. So thanks again, Coco. I love you. Love you more. Love y'all. Love you. XOXO. <laughs> Probably Chelsea's biggest role model happens to be this influential Black American. Oprah Winfrey is, after all, every single favorite thing. She's the first African-American female billionaire, an Academy Award winner for her international humanitarian efforts, host of one of the most celebrated and longest-running daytime talk shows in television history. She's the owner of a self-named 24-hour cable network, a Broadway musical producer and screen actress, a book publishing and literary guru with a best-selling touch on anything and everything. Today, we celebrate Oprah Winfrey and all that she's done for Black women and Black Americans. 